0: This is the season for looking, isn't it? We're all looking for the perfect gift or to receive the perfect gift. We're looking for the perfect price or the perfect deal. We're looking for the perfect person to maybe give us exactly what we want. You know, God knows that this is the season that we're looking for things. In fact, He wants to give us something, not that we want, but what we desperately need. And it's the one thing that we're not going to just get. We actually have to look for it. Well, good morning, friends. How are we doing? Hey, Merry Christmas. Come on, you got to say Merry Christmas back to me. I got to feel it. We got people watching. What's up, people? Merry Christmas. Yes. I'm telling you, I mean, this time, I'm like, this year, I think I've been saying Merry Christmas since Halloween. I'm like, giving out candy, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Actually, not true, because I didn't give out candy, because candy is essential, so get your own, people. Yeah, so... But it's, it is good, the season is good, good for you guys to be here. For me, I honestly, I love just seeing your faces, and thanks for joining us as well. We're in a series, we started, a brand new series called, uh, anybody know what it's called? Hope is Born, Hope is Born, yes. Uh, and the reason why we're calling it Hope is Born is because, a couple of reasons, we're trying to come up with a title, let me give you the backstory here. There is actually a movie, I've been trying to avoid this whole time, it's called something like this, it's called a... Star is born. How many of you've watched that movie? Anybody watch that movie? Anybody fans of it like uh, you, like you should watch that movie, Naeem. Anybody? Anybody let me know in the chat too. You should. Okay, I've been I've been avoiding it. I don't know why. Well, probably because it's Lady Gaga who's acting, right? And Bradley Cooper who's singing. I just don't I just have to pandemic has already turned so many things around in my life. I just need something normal. I don't know. But it did won a, a lot of awards, didn't it? It did, it did. And so the, the, there's actually a, um, a bet, I guess, going uh, out like right now with, among um, uh, Kristen Mockler and Vinnie Candidlaw, two people on staff, that, that throughout this series, I am going to mistakenly say that our series is called A Star is Born. But I know that the series is not called Star is Born. It is Hope is Born. <laughs> Hope is born. I just got to focus. And now you're thinking, why, are we, why is such a big deal about that title? I, I think it's because just if you stop and consider, hey, what, what does that mean? Yeah, this Christmas, just, just think about it. Hope is born. See, I don't know if you know this, but the, 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 this changes the game for all of us. I mean, not just humanity. I think it all, all living things, it just changes the game. When, when God decided to enter into uh, our lives, this dimension, in a human history, and sent his son Jesus. I mean, the fact that we can—we all know how to hope for different things, and we all kind of struggle with what should we hope for. But I mean, think about it. Just think about it. We have an opportunity right now to understand that God has given us a hope that does not disappoint. And so hope, if the, so if there's anything about this Christmas season that we need to be excited about, about is the fact that this changes the game. The Christmas season, the Christmas story changes the game for all of humanity. That God himself has stepped down and given us a hope that's bigger than what we think. That hope truly is born. Not again, a hope that does not disappoint. Now it sounds pretty cool, but what does that look like? What does that mean in the midst of the season, Christmas season, in the midst of our lives and your life? Like what does it look like? What does it mean? Well for me, I think it means that God has opened up heaven for us. So if you've ever struggled with, you know, I wonder what God wants to do. I wonder what God is saying right now. It's good news because God wants to talk to you. This whole series really is, is yeah, the title is called Hope is Born. Uh, but, but the big idea is that God is, wants to talk to you. That God has introduced a real person in your life that has, can, can commune with you, have relationship with you. And that's great news. Because how many of you have had a moment during this pandemic or this year, and you wondered, this first thought, you're like, Why, where are you, God? Anybody thought of that? Like, where are you? No, you're not mad. You're just like, where, where is God in this? Or have you looked at, uh, on the news and you were, where is God in this? Like, God has left the building. Like, what is going on? See, this series, honestly, is me just kind of me presenting there are certain things God wants to talk to you about. Because the things that you and I are going through, the things that you are watching and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this situation. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen in, with this decision. Should I say, yes, do this? Should we as a family do this? In the midst of that, I just want you to sit and think about this. Hope, hope is truly born into our lives. Like hope is born in on earth. That means that God wants to talk to you. He desperately wants to talk to you. So if you don't get anything in this series, just know that God wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you about the problem. He wants to talk to you about your pain. He wants to talk about your past. He definitely wants to talk about your future. He wants to talk about the present. He wants to talk to you. And if you feel like, oh, no, 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 I've got too many things wrong, or I've done too many things that, are, that can't be changed, or I've done something that God's like, ah, oh, don't let me see that. First of all, he's seen all of it. Okay? He's seen all of it. Can, can, can you can you agree to that? God has say, seen you naked, or naked as we say in the South. Is that true? Naked. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. God has seen everything, but He wants to speak to you. So here's what I want to do. The next four weeks, I want to just talk to you about the maybe a few things that God maybe is is uh, is telling you in the midst of this to make this hope that that we're talking about a reality, because it's 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 part of the conversation that you. Uh, need to have it's something that you need to lean into. So let's jump in. The first big idea. So this is part one. Okay. So part one is is that God wants you to look for Him. God wants you to find Him. Now you would think, well, what? I'm sorry, what? No, God finds me. Yeah, I kind of find Jesus. I found Him. We know. No, no, no. God wants you to continue to look for Him. Is this a game of hide and seek? No, no. Spiritual life is not a game but it's supposed to be an adventure. And I believe that God wants to tell you that you need to, in the midst of where you are in this moment right now, he wants you to look for him. The, the, one of the, the, uh, the, the stories that illustrates this idea the best is actually... And the, the Christmas story found in Matthew. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, we'll put some scriptures on, uh, for you on the screen as well. Matthew chapter 2. We're just going to go kind of verse by verse here because there's so much to this Christmas story. So it starts off. This is the NIV translation. It starts it says it says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Can you say Bethlehem? Bethlehem? Bethlehem in Judea. During the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. All right, let's just stop right there. That verse 1 was a lot. Number 1, who is this? What is Bethlehem? Bethlehem is obviously a town. Do you know, though, Bethlehem is actually Arabic as well? So I grew up in the Middle East. I grew up speaking Arabic. And Bethlehem means house of? No. In Arabic, it means meat. (laughs) Yes. So when I first read this story, I was like, yes, the house of meat. This is where the meat is. But in Hebrew, they change it to bread, whatever, you know. But isn't it symbolic, though, that, there's, that God was, is, is the living bread, but he's also, like, he shed his life for us? Like, you know, remember when Jesus said, if you, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood? I mean, there's so much to this, but it's just interesting to me. Uh, and then it says, during the time of King Herod, who was Herod? Now, I've always, not prided myself on this, I've always thought this is kind of unique that I'm actually, you know, a Pakistani born and raised uh, in Kuwait, um, but now a Christian pastor, and, you know, I speak English and all that, and so, uh, but, and I thought, you know, there's so much nuances to me, I'm so special, whatever, whatever. King Herod was pretty special. Do you know he was an Arab? He was an Arab raised as a Jew, and appointed, and 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 because of where he was born, a citizen of Rome. So he's like this guy who is Arab, Arab parents, but was raised Jewish, and now the uh, Roman officials, the Roman Empire that's been oppressing the Jews, set him up, and now he is called King Herod. So this guy, I just want you to know, he had a lot of backstory. There's a lot of things he was trying to protect. There's a lot of things about him. In fact, I mean, he was a very wealthy guy. Historian says he was politically gifted, intensely loyal, which I think most Arabs are. He was an extra excellent uh, administrator. I mean, this guy had it together, and he was smart enough to keep everybody happy because, I mean, look, look at the world he's into, like, he, he speaks the, he understands the norm of so many people. So this guy was a very important figure, and he was trying to protect something that he had established. I, just, I want you to know that. So that's just verse 1. It keeps on going. Let's read verse 2. Verse 2, it says, and, and then, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, there's so much in verse 1 still. You got King Herod, then you got this, these, what, magi's. Who are these magi's? Have you heard... The idea of magic. If you've read this before, you you know that it is connected to like scientists or astrologers. Some say some say they were magicians. I mean, the point is that these people were. Uh, very into science, but also really looking for the future. I mean, these were future thinkers. These were, these were people who were looking into the space for times, and these people were really looking for a lot of things. Now, magi is, uh, is, is, uh, is, you know, is plural for magus, which means a magician. So we know there were many of them. And how many, based on the Christmas story, know how many magi were there? Three, which is technically not true. We know that, right? B- because we think they're three because of the three yeah. gifts. Yes. This is a lot of, like, class participation. <laughs> Have you noticed I'm in a pand- pandemic and I don't see people a lot? Because I'm, like, all about you guys right now. So, uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a, um, it's a pandemic. No, uh, it's, it's three gifts. But these were three, um, think of this, these were three big groups of explorers. So they came with a lot of people, T- three different like scientists, explorer groups, like these people were coming in and they were looking for this. So this is, this is a big deal when they showed up in, in town, because everybody realized, three people walking in, no big deal, but three huge groups of people, scientists, people who are like very different from, the, from people who lived in Bethlehem, people noticed. So just want you to know, there's all this tension right in verse 1. Then it says, and then they asked, they asked the city officials, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when he, when it rose and have come to worship him. I mean, huge implications here, right? You go to this king who is this Arab Jew guy, right? And he says, okay, where is this guy who is now king, who's born? He's born the king of the Jews, which King Herod would say, no, 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 I'm the king of the Jews, I'm the guy. And then he, they say this, we saw his star. We saw his star. Jesus has a star? Okay, now, I'll admit this. Uh, when Ashley and I were dating, I, 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 uh, I just want you to know, I gave her a gift, okay? I gave her a gift. And uh, long story short, um, Ashley Fossil has a star. yes. Um, it's a, yeah, yeah, there was, a, there was a thing, I think it was online, uh, whatever, okay, and it said, pay 70 bucks and you can name a star after your loved one. And I did. I did. I did. And I presented this to her as a gift. Pro, pro tip right here for all of you. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> it wasn't significant. I was like, hey, hon, you have a star. You, you, There's an Ashley Fossil star. She's like, which one? "Uh, I don't know, but the certificate says you have one. So she has a star. You have your own star. Apparently it doesn't matter. But, yeah, so Jesus had a star, and he appreciated it. Uh, Yeah, that's what it said right here. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just joking. Uh, So they came to worship him. Okay, let's keep on going. This is verse 3. We have like 12 to go. Okay, When, when King Herod heard this, he was what? He was, we don't know, know, he was disturbed. He was disturbed in all, I was looking for words, okay. He was disturbed in all, all Jerusalem with him, all Jerusalem with him. Like so, he was disturbed, and, and it says all of Jerusalem. I get he was disturbed, but what's this all of Jerusalem with him? Now, I mean, come on, that's kind of an exaggerating straight statement because I mean, I'm sure there are middle schoolers in in Jerusalem. And how many of you guys know? I mean, I was a middle schooler at 14. I didn't give, a, I didn't care. I was like, when I was 14, I was like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even whatever. Is you supposed to be in middle school in 14? Okay, okay, uh, just, just you know, just wanna let you guys know. I was still in middle school when I was 14, so stop the hate, whatever, okay? So, but this is funny, though, but it's, it's kind of like all of Jerusalem, which is pretty, pretty interesting why that happened, okay? Let's keep on going. When, uh, when he called, so this is King Herod, right? When he heard this, he was disturbed, right? And then verse 4 says, when he uh, had called to get all the people's chief priests, remember that, chief priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. Uh, Verse uh, 5 says, In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this was what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, uh, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you uh, will come a ruler who will be shepherd to my people Israel. I mean, this 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 is pretty awesome. But I mean, think about if you are the chief priests, if you are the teachers of the law, I mean, and you are unaware. Don't you just hate it when you're like the last one to know? And it's your job to be the first one to know? Like, imagine the king going, hey, by the way, did anybody know there was a, there was a, there was a star and there's a, there's a prophecy? And my legacy is in danger here? Did none of you guys know this? Now, what's interesting, too, is that the chief priests, that, that statement, that, the, those, the, the priests was actually... Uh, a political position. So they had to like really play the political game to stay in power. And so these guys are stressed out now because why? Because they don't know what's going on. Now part of the reason why they were not really looking for anything is because they didn't want to rock the boat. I mean who wants to be the guy who goes to King Herod and says hey by the way there is a prophecy. Yeah it might, it might happen and that there's going to be a uh, there's going to be a baby Uh, There's going to be a person. There's going to be a, yeah, he's going to be the king of the Jews. You don't want to be that person. So they didn't say anything to him. But then when they were confronted, they're like, oh, yeah, there is a prophecy. But we're not sure. I don't know. I don't even know if it's real anymore. I don't think, I wouldn't worry so much about it. Okay. Then King Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star appeared. He sent uh, them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Now, what is interesting is this is um, where we get our modern-day halo, So medieval artists began portraying the story in their art and began placing the star. And so that's why we kind of get this halo deal that we now are so uh, used to. So th- this basically happens. Okay, so they, they 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 come to the place. Verse 10, it says, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. When, then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and... Myrrh. What's interesting about that is, I mean, there's so many things interesting about all this. But, but even the, the gifts, some of you guys maybe have even heard this. Like the, uh, the gold represents this idea of lo- loyal, uh, royalty. Um, frankincense represents this sense of, uh, of divinity. And then myrrh is actually uh, represents Death. So very interesting gifts. But what's really, really interesting is that these gifts were not necessarily for BB B- Jesus, right? Because guess who used that gold? Joseph. Joseph needed that gold, right? Because uh, you, if you don't know the story, he had, he had to spend some money getting out of town pretty quickly. And so when these guys come, the Magi come to him they're already prepared for certain things they're prepared to worship and they're prepared to give which is really fascinating isn't it because for some of us i think christianity is really about sometimes just noticing the star so we're fascinated by the star the the the, the chief priests were like okay there's a star there's a sign and i think sometimes in our relationship with god there is a point where we just we are comfortable with the star and what it's pointing to instead of actually the baby Jesus. Actually Jesus. So some of us might just come to the star. We're like, hey, I know, I, know, I know about Jesus. I know. So you're pointing. You know the star. You recognize the star. But do you know the person of Jesus? And here's what's funny, too, is when they, they came prepared to worship, they came prepared to actually give of themselves. They came to sacrifice their, uh, their life a little bit, give out of their abundance or out of their worship or out of their um, lack. I'm not quite sure, but they came to give. See, I think that's so important in our Christian faith, is that we have to realize that sometimes when we come to Jesus, it's yes, 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 we come to, to get so much because hope is born. And we celebrate that, but there, there comes a point where you got to come and actually give out of your treasures, And that's why I love that we're doing the Christmas offering, because it's important. It's so important. It's not important because Jesus needs our money, just like baby Jesus didn't need frankincense or didn't need gold right there. But the people of Jesus, Joseph and Mary, needed the money. And see, I think that's the same when it comes to us. Like, Jesus needs the money. But the people of Jesus need the money. Why? Because the people of Jesus need to give and serve and be the light and be the church that needs to exist here. So it's so interesting that they came ready for it. It wasn't like, oh, okay, well, we found it. No, they came ready for it. Verse 12, it keeps on going. Having, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by another route. Now see the story is is that basically they they knew that hair was up to something and so they took off and did not tell him. Now the story keeps on going. Next week we'll get into that a little bit. But what does this say to us? Like what is God saying to you right now in the midst of, you know, decisions you got to make in the midst of like trying to figure out like should I should I keep doing what I'm doing or in the midst of just like having realize that you've become a different person in the last several months and you maybe don't like that um maybe you've realized that your priorities have really changed your value system has changed a little bit maybe you've realized that you find yourself like more alone uh than want to be around people maybe you find yourself like not really enjoying certain people's company or you've kind of limited the amount of people you used to hang out with or you've kind of canceled out some people in your life because they were just either, um, you didn't agree with them. Like, wherever you are in the midst of this, what do you think God is telling us in this? Because, again, the whole point of this story, the whole point of this series is that God is talking to you. So I think, I think he's saying this. He's saying that he wants to speak to you, but you need to find him. You need to look for him. What, what does that mean? Well, let me give you a couple of things. Number one, a couple of questions and then one statement. Number one is, I think God's saying, hey, did you find yourself being King Herod? Are you King Herod? See, King Herod was, uh, was consumed with two things, power and control, okay? And so many times I find myself being King Herod. I have established something in my life. I have done, I've gotten to a place in my life. Guess what I want? I want to keep it. I want to keep it. I want to keep it. And King Herod was pretty ruthless. I mean, some historians says that he executed his, one of his wives and his elder son. I mean, he was a guy who wanted the throne and wanted it for himself and for his people. He had an agenda. And, man, there's something about power, man. Once you get a taste of power, you never want to give it up. We see this everywhere, man. And once you get a sense of control and you can control things, you want to continually control certain things. And for so many of us, sometimes we find ourselves going, well, I just want to control this situation. I just want to control this this season of my life. You find yourself in a place of King Herod. And King Herod moved away from, like, just looking at humanity and moving past that. I mean, he's the guy, if you know the story, he's the guy who said, okay, if we can't find baby Jesus, if we can't find the king of the Jews, this kid, I want you to do this, I want you to go and kill all the male child under two. I mean, this actually happened in the, in the Christmas story, in, in this season. That there was a cry. Because so many moms and dads lost their male, their, 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 their boys, their baby boys because of this one king. You see, if you find yourself trying to manipulate and trying to control and do some things and justify it just to have power and control, you might be King Herod in the midst of this. If you find yourself just going, I need to control this. I need to keep this. But that is something God's saying, hey, don't be King Herod. Number two... Are you all of Jerusalem? Are you all of Jerusalem? What was all of Jerusalem worried about? Well, it was about peace and comfort. It was about peace and comfort. It was about like, okay, okay, okay. We've gone through so much. I mean, all of Jerusalem were the people, everyday people. They've been through so much. They've been through so many empires. I mean, this was another empire. I mean, if you know the, the, the story of the Israelites, I mean, they've, they've been occupied so many times. And in the midst of this, in the midst of when Jesus shows up, the Romans are taking over. And then you got this Arab Jew guy who is in charge of them. I mean, these guys were oppressed. So I'll tell you what, if you've been hit so many times, if so many bad things have happened to you, let me tell you what your passion in life is. Peace. All you want is just peace and quiet. You just want peace. If you've been hit so many times, if you've been beat down so many times, here's what you're praying for: comfort, comfort, peace and comfort. And so they're like, you know what? Well, uh, we, 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 uh, fine. King of the Jew, the star, whatever. I, we, we, can we just? Could you just make everything stop? Just make everything stop. You find yourself there during this season of life. You're like, I, I, I. I Honestly, I just, want, I just want comfort. I just want peace. I understand that. I get that. I get that. What about, what about this other question? Are you, are you the spiritual leaders? Are you the spiritual leaders? Are, are, and, and they were really focused on either practice or I would say actually position, position and contentment. Like I mentioned before, this is a political position. Some of those uh, uh, leadership roles were political. So they were trying to figure out how to keep everybody at bay, don't rock the boat. And they were just good with contentment. They want to be content. Let me just tell you, that is the trap I think so many of us fall into. People who are spiritual people, you who are watching, you're engaged right now. There's so many people who have just disengaged. You're like, you know what, I'm I'm not into this. But you guys, just being here, are spiritually leading the way. You're here. You're fully engaged. So... I think this is important, so important because the one sin that spiritual leaders, especially in Jesus' stories in the Old New Testament, the one sin they fall into is a sin of being f- very familiar with what God does. Like the, the one sin they are always kind of seems to be guilty of is going, uh, um, God's moving in the, in the midst of them, but they cannot recognize him. I mean, what do you think the, the story of Jesus was all about, right? They're in the middle of God activity, and they fail to recognize that God is moving. Got, you have spiritual leaders who get paid, who are in office. They're spiritually supposed to lead the way for these people, the Jewish people, and they have no clue, <clears throat> and they have not even thought about, hey, who, who is this king of the Jew? Is there a sign? Why are these guys the last to know? I think it's because they're just content because you just i'm good i'm just i'm just comfortable i'm comfortable i'm just comfortable see if when we get comfortable what we end up doing is is we keep thinking about what god did in the past or what he said in the past we never move towards the future we never open our ears and our hearts to the future And people are like, no, 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 we'll just talk about what we're doing, and we keep on doing the the same things and the same things. We just need to keep doing the same things, and that's how religion is formed. And for so many of us, I think it's so easy to just get into the same, same old, same old, same old. And I get it. This pandemic, everything's going up and down. You're like, same is good, bro. Let's keep something same. I understand that continually, when I read the scriptures, I find every time Jesus interacts with spiritual leaders, he points to the fact they're missing it. They're missing the whole, whole point. I think God is saying, hey, don't, don't be in the story, don't be the spiritual leader. What Then what is he saying? He's saying be the magi. The magi. The magi were preoccupied by, by two things. Possibility. Possibility and curiosity. And if there's anything that God is trying to say this morning to you, is that be, be magi. Us, be, be magi. Be, be, be. Seekers, be explorers, be ones who are looking at the stars. Be ones who are pushing the way. Be the ones who are moving out of what we are and moving towards in faith, ready to go and worship. Be be people like that. Be people who are not worried about the status quo. No, don't worry about all the things that are going on to but move forward. Look, be the people who are looking at the scriptures, finding out, thinking through, and moving forward. Be those kinds of people. Don't be people who are satisfied. Be people who are hungry and thirsty for it. In fact, the etymology of the word magi or magus actually connects itself to the the word taste. And I, I just thought that was pretty interesting. Like they're just hungry for more. They're hungry for a new taste of what God could bring to them. And friends, I, I know it might be like me going, well, I'm in the midst of all this. Seriously, you want me to go like full on right now? I'm just trying to just maintain. I get it, but maintaining is the enemy of invention. You can't, you can't stay here. And for some of us, we've given up on so many things. You haven't, you haven't just been stopped. You haven't stopped being a magi spiritually, but emotionally, uh, psychologically. And even in your career, you've just stopped looking for the next. you stop looking for what is possible. You're worried about control or power. You're worried about peace or comfort. You're you're worried about position, or or, or you're just worried about contentment. But you're not moved by curiosity. You're not moved by a sense of, man, uh, there, there is certain things that could be possible in my life. And I get it, friends. Man, I get it. This year has been like the worstest. I get that, but there's so much possibility. There's so much uh, potential. But it requires us and you and your family to get curious. Be magi in the story. Be the people. And here's the beautiful thing about the magi. They were not even Jewish people. They weren't, they weren't even, I don't, I don't even know if they were like re- religious people. They were, some people called them kings, explorers. We don't know. All we do know that they were the other. They were not people who were raised in the faith. So that and it always gives me, like, hope. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Magi from the East, I'm like, yeah, Middle East, yes, my people here. Okay? But I feel like I'm like this guy who shouldn't get all of this. Like, I'm this, Like there's some people who you've been raised in the church, you've been raised in a geography that's conducive to Christianity. I have not. And so when I find myself going, I was opposed to everything, and then find myself in a relationship with God who wants to talk to me, I'm like, Yes! Yes, so if you've ever wondered, no, 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 Naim, I don't think he'll talk to me because of this sin and that problem and because of this uh, habit I have. I get all those, and you got to figure those things out. But you can't figure those out without God, so you have to start talking to him now, friends. See, there are certain things in your life you've given up on. You know this. We know this. We've given up. We've settled for just contentment. I just want peace. I I I I just want to control something in my life. And here, if there's anything God's saying is, hey, God's saying, hey, I, I want you to understand something. There's so much out there for you. And I get it. I get it. But friends, if, but if we just focus on contentment, contentment, if we just focus on comfort and peace, then Christianity becomes a movement solely about community. And you're like, and what's wrong with that? Yes. But it's more than that, Right? It's about transformation, not community. Because a lot of people have community. And if we just settle for being together and better together, no. There's more out there. He wants to transform your life, your existence. But you can't get in there without you looking for him. Yes, you Searching and finding Him. Here's a promise you've probably heard before. Jeremiah 29:11. We love this passage. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and to, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. He keeps on going though. Then, then you will call to me and come and pray to me and I will listen. And you will seek me and find me when you seek me with what? All of your heart. And then he says, and I will be found by you. It's like God saying, ah, I'll be found by you. Like, But there's something about like you and I going after it. So why is this happening in your life? Where is God? What if God was saying, yeah, where am I? Well, like that's your job. You tell me. Where are you in this? No, no, no. Where am I? Where am I in this? Where, where am I in this pain? Well, it, does that mean I have gotta look for you? Yes. Look for me. Yeah, but I thought you were just supposed to like, hey! No, no, you look for me. You find me in this dis- despair, in this job loss. Look for me. Find me. Move. I was talking to a guy the other day, man. I saw him, it had been a month or so, and he'd lost 15 pounds. And I was like, dude, what's wrong? What happened? You know, and he was like, uh, I lost my job. And uh, he's like, I just, I just stopped eating. And I thought, man, I get it. You see, lo- loss and despair, does so many things to do with so many people, right? Some of you guys are like, well, I would love that problem. You know, I'd like the reverse of that. But th- see, pain paralyzes us, doesn't it? Like confusion. Paralyzes us. That's why God's saying, Hey, move, listen to me, come closer, seek me, find me. I have plans for you. Seek me, find me. And I promise you, if you seek me with all of your heart, what? You will what? You'll find me. You'll find me in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your despair, in the midst of your confusion. You want wisdom? Should you do this? Should you start this? Look for me. Man, move forward. Let's not be the people who go, okay, well, I'm here. No, where are you? Go after it, friends. And if you're thinking, well, name, I'm going to go after it. Yes, January is coming. Don't wait till January. Listen to me online. Do not wait till January. I get it. You're like, no, 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 I'm going to start in January. You're not, no. You start now. You start now. You don't wait. You don't give this whole month away to your despair and your fear and your doubt and your uh, depression. You don't give a whole three weeks away to uh, your confusion and and uh, and just the darkness. You don't do that. Let's not do that. Let's move now. Let's move forward today. And let's be people who... Um, who seek after God and find Him. Let's be people who are magi, who are going, where is the star? And we're not going to go and be satisfied with the star. We're following the star, and we're going to find what the star is pointing to. Christianity is not enough. Jesus. And then we're actually going to worship. And when we're going to worship, that means we're going to give up ourselves. I mean, that's the Christmas story. That's when hope is really born, not just in the world, but in Christ. Our souls and our hearts. So that's my prayer for us. I want to pray for you. Uh, we're going to sing one more song. We're going to get to um, uh, respond for the, those of you who are online. Uh, you're not. Uh, I would love for you guys to engage as well. But let me just pray for us. Can we do that? Um, would you? Would you stand? Let's stand here again. And if you're online, just go ahead and stand. I'm joking. You don't stand. You could. Let's pray. Let's pray. And before we, before we, I get into the prayer. You know God said some things to you, right? You know He did. You know He did. Something got prompted. You're like, ah. And I mean, I spent 30 minutes or 35 minutes, and there was that one thing you got. And it's worth it. It's worth it. But you know what that means? It means God's talking to you, friends. He's talking through me. It might be of nothing I've said, but He's talking to you. And for some of you, He's saying, you have been comfortable worshiping the star. Being amazed by the star. You have never come. You've never come. You've never come to worship. Because worship means you give. You get, but you give. You give. So what does that look like for you? Maybe for to you this morning, it's like, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. I'm not comfortable with Christianity. I'm not comfortable with church. I'm not comfortable with just getting messages and a worship song. I'm not comfortable with the star. I want you. So maybe your prayer should be, I, I give you my life. I give you everything. I'm going to look for you. I'm going to look for you. Maybe that's your prayer. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for what you have done and what you continue to do. God, it's so profound to me that uh, you would do something as, um, as fragile as having a baby being born into the midst of a dark humanity where there's killings and there's injustice, where there is pain and torment, yet we find ourselves witnessing you coming into this darkness, not as a bright shining star, but as a baby being born, growing as one of us, because now you can say you know what it means to be fully human. You relate it to us. You don't have just pity. You don't know. You have compassion because you've been there. You grew up like us. And so, God, there's a confidence when it comes to knowing you know what I'm going through. But today we, we come as individuals, as family, as a church, we say we will be the magi. We will be the ones who look to the stars for you. We will be uh, the ones who look up out of our problems and we will raise our heads up high. As the psalmist says, God, where does our hope come from? Where does our help come from? It comes from the maker of the heavens and earth. And so, God, we look up. Spiritually, right now, we look up and we go, where are you? My life, my season right now, my search will be to find you in my pain, to find you in my doubt, to find you for direction, to find you for a sense of contentment and satisfaction. I'll find you. I'll find you. So God, it sounds goofy, but ready or not, God, we're coming. We're here. We're ready to find you. We're going to look for you. We know if we look look for you, we will find you. So I pray this over us, in Jesus' name, amen.